We've won again. This is good. But what is best in life? How about... Howdy, 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 folks. It is time for Garage Gamer. This is Garage Gamer number six, and we are talking with Chris Palmer from Mantic Games about Dreadball and the Dreadball Kickstarter. Chris, welcome to the show. Hi, David. Thanks for having us. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Now, uh, this is your guys' second Kickstarter. Your first, obviously, was the Kings of War, which was a big success. But um, Dreadball, which is uh, basically a futuristic sports arena game based Mm -hmm. off of your your, um, Warpath armies um was an even bigger success how how well have you guys done to date with this uh it, it's it's been absurd i mean when the kickstarter finished it finished on seven hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars and then we gave people the option of adding a couple bit more, uh, a few more bits and pieces on after the kickstarter's finished through the survey and um, we allow a couple more people to pledge that you know doesn't necessarily have a card credit card or can work for kickstarter so we've actually added on about another hundred hundred twenty thousand dollars since then so we're on about 850 and then when you add that to um uh, the, the kings of war kickstarter which did uh, about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars you know, we're, we're well and truly, uh, this year, we've, we've, we've generated over a million dollars to help push our gaming system forward, make new miniatures, create new accessories, and just create a whole world of excitement. Um, it's just been phenomenal. You know, we are blown away um, by by what happened during during that month, particularly September, because uh, it was pretty crazy. A lot of, a lot of late nights, a lot of early mornings. Um so yeah, it was it it was it was tough, but it it was good. Yeah, I mean, it seemed crazy on my end. I mean, I remember we were I was actually at a at a at a, a tournament, a local a Warhammer tournament, while we were watching the Kings of War uh, yeah. kick go up and up and hitting. Like you know, I had I was constantly refreshing my phone, watching the next yeah. update hit and the next update hit and the next update hit. Um. And I know Ronnie was saying how afterwards, how you got, you guys were almost scrambling to add in the extra army things. It's like, okay, guys, we're gonna we're going even farther than we imagined. And then Dreadball goes in, and like you said, it kicked hit three quarter of a million. I mean, I was literally at my computer hitting the refresh those last few minutes, <laughs> especially I think the last hour watching it jump. I mean, yeah, just a huge amount. Um, but it was it was really it was actually it was it was very fun to be a part of. I've never I never I haven't done any other Kickstarters besides your guys and watching just watching the excitement and, and all the people, you know, adding in and jumping in. Uh, I myself am one of those people who added in afterwards uh, a few <laughs> a few more bits and bobs here and there. <laughs> but, it has uh, to be done. I mean there's, there's some of the things that you can pick up there, some of the limited edition stuff, some of the things price different, so you can get to at a better rate, so yeah, I mean, why why wouldn't you add up more stuff? I think. Now you guys actually went through and you had um, 
a, a basic starter set for a hundred dollars US, um, and then you had the striker set, which was like that was the hundred fifty. That was the that was the point everybody seemed to go for. That was the one that got you all the all the little added extras. And um, now you guys had a certain amount that you had set initially that you could purchase for this, and that was your guaranteed to be shipped and get it to everyone by by the holidays. Yep. Uh, how many was that? Was it how many was it that you had up set up for that one? I think it was like sixteen or seventeen hundred. Yes, it was about that. Uh, um, basic, basically, we we have um, we, we knew what our first print run was, and I had a number allocated for my Kickstarter and my website, and then our trade guys have sets allocated for retailers. So when we when we came to doing um, Striker, um, we said from the beginning, you know, this this is going to be the most popular. You know, we've kind of designed it to almost to be the, the the bit where you're going to get you know nearly everything, uh, and it got to the point where we couldn't quite get everything in there because there was so much stuff in there. So crazy it went. We just we just ran out of, ran out of room in that set. Yeah, it, uh, is. it, it was about fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred. You're right. Yeah. I mean, and for people who don't know what, and this is one of the things I that this is where I jumped in on too. For this Dreadball set, you get your pitch, you get your rule book, you get your ref bot. You got yeah. your four basic armies, well, or not armies, your four basic teams, um, the yeah. human team, the orc team, the dwarf, or the, the forge father team, and the vermin team. So you've got dwarfs, humans, orcs, and rats, basically. Yeah. Uh, then you got your multi-hex figure. You got somewhere along the lines of 20 special characters, yeah, pro right. markers, a couple of second season team characters yep, i mean it was it's it's ridiculous i mean i figured it out and with the add-ons i think i'm getting something like 200 models yeah <laughs> yeah i mean we, we what we wanted to do with strike in particular is we wanted to kind of give you um, a bit of everything so like you said you get the game you get your robot you get your board you get four four complete teams uh, 14 figures, and then we started adding in uh, a couple of models from each of the different races. You know, you've got uh, two of the Terra Terms on there, which are basically uh, really slow, like Turtle Men and Teleport. But similarly, you've got two of the Styrians, which are, um, you know, kind of elfish, you know, space players. So, um, yeah, and you've got you know, all sorts of you know, accessories, free downloads, uh, limited edition counters. Um, Ronnie's going to be signing an awful lot of. Tickets and pieces of cover art because we've got about two thousand five hundred of them to go through. So we shut them in a room for a week and let them do that. Um, he's going to be standing you know, behind him. Oh. He is. Yeah, it's, it's going to keep it busy, <laughs> which is okay for us because it means we have to get some work done. So, um, but yeah, so yeah, Striker was was just packed full of stuff. But you know, we appreciate that. Um, yeah, one hundred fifty for a game is, is a lot for is a, is a lot of money. So. Um, there were uh, we wanted to make sure that everyone felt that they got value for that money. Uh, yeah. And similarly, if you wanted to participate, there were the, the the lower levels where you could get yourself a team and a free MVP. We tried to make it so that there was always something special for everyone. Yeah, and it was it was one of the fun things to sit there and watch as you know. I mean, and with these kickstarters, people jump in, people jump out, people jump. In the last couple minutes, I think it was in like the last half hour. I think one or two of the people who had gotten the because once once all the strikers that were set that would be shipped before the holidays ran out, you opened it up for shipment in January, like another yep. set. And as people would 
like, I think two people dropped like in the last hour. And all of a sudden on the little comments page, it's like, hey, somebody dropped quick. Get in, get in, get in. And then yeah. all of a sudden, like 30 seconds later, someone's like, I got it. I got it. I'm getting it before Christmas. Like people jumped in and moved their order. And there were people just hovering over their computers waiting to flip over to this in case someone gave it up. It was really crazy. It was. We couldn't actually keep up. I couldn't type fast enough, and you know, people, you know, people have noticed there were one or two mistakes in the last hour because it was it was just mental. We didn't do ourselves any favors by having some uh, shorter goals in that in that last hour, but you know, we, we couldn't keep up. But yeah, I mean, um, we, we saw a lot short. of people. I mean, some of them were fifteen thousand, and you hit those in like five or six minutes, and it was like yeah. It, it, it was mental. Um, <laughs> I had Ronnie calling me at the time, being like, "Stop doing this! Stop doing this! Right, right, less. Do this!" So, you know, it, 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 it was hardcore. It, it was a, it was a fun fun last hour, and then all of a sudden it stops, and the number stops stops uh, going up, and um, everyone kind of breathes. It's like, right, what's next? You know, uh, and then almost instantly the um, the comments turn to, "Well, you know, where are you? Why haven't you shipped it yet?" So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's quite fun to have that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, watching people upgrade their order from, they were, they were strikers and cheerleaders. They got two lots of it and then that opened up for strikers and the people pouncing on it. And so like, as quick as someone could type, you know, it's open, it gone. Uh, and it was great to see that, that level of, um, attentiveness almost. Yeah. Uh, that, the, the fact that people were watching it and people were talking about it. I mean, everywhere we went, people asked us about it. Everyone seemed to know about it, which was, you know, it, it was crazy for a company of our size. Um, you know, we always treat our, ourselves as, as if no one heard of us. So we stand in the corner and try and shout as loud as possible. Um, okay, so that, to- that brings up an interesting point. And, and I didn't ask you this right in the beginning, and I apologize, but you, you had said when you were running – what, what exactly – I mean, everybody knows Ronnie – you know, like the big face of Mantic, but why don't you, t- what is it, what is, what is your role in this whole thing there at Mantic? Um, my, I, um, I essentially run our, our website, our social media, uh, our newsletters, that kind of thing. So generally, if you see anything typed on the internet, it's generally me. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, the Kickstarter page, uh, I designed it, I managed it with the, and with the help of Stu, who helped me out on the uh, customer service messages. And he's handling the post Kickstarter surveys. I mean, the the actual creation of content and, and say, like I said, standing in the corner and shouting is generally me. You know, I sit down with Ron, we plan on what we're going to do, uh, we plan what we're going to talk about, and then I go off and do it. Uh, and and that's my role, making Ronnie's will happen, essentially, <laughs> on the internet. You are so you are Ronnie's will on the internet. That's, that's <laughs> I am embodied. That's a good title. That works. <laughs> I have to get that on a business card. <laughs> so let me ask a question. You guys said you guys operate as if nobody's heard of you, which, you know, from my point of view, as a guy who who has a, a rather sizable bit of your product, um, uh, I'm, I'm clocking in at almost 250 zombies now and 120 oh. ghouls from your undead line and... Uh, I've, you know, um, you know, my friend Christopher and I, we've been, we were doing the, uh, the extra life, you know, 24 hour gaming marathon and we were sitting there playing a bunch of Kings of War on it, getting some practice in for when you guys come to Adepticon. And, uh, so how many, how, I mean, how many people work at Mantic? I mean, we, we are pictured as sort of a really big operation, but every time we talk to you guys, we say it's small. Is that, I mean, can I ask about that? I mean, how many? How, ten. 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 Yeah, um, <laughs> oh my God. They're, they're, they're about a couple of part time, um, but but yeah, crudely ten. 
Okay, yeah. and is that just ten in the UK, or does that include like because I know Joe Neat works over as like the American? Yeah, we, we've actually added. Um, yeah, Joe Joe works over in the US, and right. he uh, talks to a lot of our. Uh, well, he, he basically handles our uh, distributors and retailers over there. We've actually recently added uh, a second guy to who uh, assist him in that, who is there, you know, helping to open new stores. And then we've just uh, we're looking at doing the same over uh, in Europe. So we have a um, we can widen our uh, sort of language base. Um, we we used to have a, a guy who could do French, German, Spanish, and Dutch. Um, so uh, to uh, we just needed to you know uh, add someone in who could speak German um, to to help us out. So, but yeah, I mean here we we've got. Four, six. Yeah, there's about there's about any anywhere between eight and ten every day here. Then plus plus the guys who are abroad. Wow. Okay. So ten. Now when you okay and okay, I just want clarification on this because I. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no. So you've got the ten. Does that, now, does that include the guys who are actually sitting there making all the models, like actually working? It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. No, we um, we, we almost always use freelancers. Uh, for that kind of thing. So no, um, what what we do here is, is uh, we, we run our own warehouse. We have our sales operation and our logistics, uh, and then someone like Stu will, will liaise with all the different sculptors that we have. You know, we we work with a Canadian sculptor, we work with some French sculptors. Uh, I think there's a Spaniard involved somewhere <laughs> as as well. And then we've we've got a fantastic uh, concept artist uh, called Roberto Cirillo. Who did all a lot of the dreadful, um concept art? He concepted all the teams, um, and then most of the MVPs. And we added uh, a guy called Heath Foley as well in the course of Dreadball because you know the speed we were going, Roberto couldn't keep up, and we couldn't brief him fast enough, and all this kind of stuff. So um, we 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 work with all sorts of people. You know, Jake and Alessio are both uh, freelancers who um, you know mercenary themselves out, and we we take advantage of that. Um, so yeah, we, um, we, we make things, things happen here uh, and they're the guys that, um, help create that. And then we, uh, we work with them to, uh, to do that. Okay. So your designers are all freelance. One last question about sort of the mantic makeup, because I am actually really fascinated. The actual creation of the mold, like the sprues, like the actual plastic models on the sprues, is that, is that farmed out as well? Or is that something you guys do in, like you actually... The actual physical the, making of the actual product. The the only thing we do ourselves uh, is metal casting. Okay. Um, so, so anything like the uh, Enforcer Captain or the Abyssal Dwarves is all cast in house. Okay. Uh, I think we're getting a resin machine as well, which would be cool. Um, uh, but then anything plastic is outsourced. Uh, you know, we work with a company called Renedra. Uh, in the UK, I mean, if you've ever had anything from Warlord Games, Perry Miniatures, anything like that, yep. you know, Renedra make those sprues. Um, you know, things like the skeletons and the and the elves were, were Renedra. And then we also have our uh, plastic resin material, uh, kind of sprueless plastic, uh, and then that's outsourced as well. That comes in. Before. Okay, cool. And I'll get away from that now. I was just, I, I was just, I was just curious. Especially when you said there's ten guys running the place, I was like, wow. <laughs> You guys must be running like crazy this summer then. I mean, from June until now, I mean, mm-hmm. between the Kings of War packages and all of this stuff, it's got to be insane. Yeah. I mean, you guys, I'm, I, now, 
I I heard I heard on your own the Mantic podcast. You guys, I'm now right now. It's it's the it's October thirtieth here, so it's right before Halloween, right before bonfire night for you guys. Um, so you guys are pretty much shutting down in about a week or two to do anything except ship out Dreadball. Am I correct? Uh, yeah, we we are uh, we're getting in all of the components uh, before the twelfth of November. And um, from the 13th until the 18th, I think it is, um, the sales office and, and all upstairs is, is all locked. And we're all down in the warehouse packing boxes. Um, we've got some outside help coming in, uh, you know, calling in favors, mates, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, Nieces and views. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kids on the go. Um, and um, they get paid in toys, so they're very happy. But um, yeah, we'll be we'll be packing all the uh, all the boxes up and getting them ready, and then uh, Clive is uh, who, who runs our warehouse. Um, so yeah, we we're we're all going to be in the warehouse, and we're going to be you know under Clive who runs a, a slick operation. So um, yeah, we'll be um, uh, production lining out copies of Dreadful. Um, I know we get the box in today, actually, quite excitingly, um, and uh, a couple of other bits, the roster pad and something else. Is coming in today, and we're just waiting for the miniatures uh, to arrive in the country, and then we'll uh, we'll start shipping out. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna spend a, a hardcore week just in the warehouse, just packing boxes. So yeah, it's gonna be fun. Now, how far? Uh, now, I mean, I don't I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know how much of this you're supposed to to tell us. So I'm gonna ask it anyway, though. Um, I mean, this went. I mean, like you said, three quarters of a million dollars, and the the bonuses. You had the season one teams all out. You had four season one teams. Then uh, now the season two teams. The the I think what's the female corporation, the robots, the Judawan and the Zor. They're yep. shipping out when I think what is it first quarter or second quarter? Uh, so Q two. Uh, so by the end of June. So by the end of June, uh, two thousand thirteen. Yep. And then and the then season three is coming out in third quarter. Yeah. So I'm we're gonna, hoping to ship them to Kickstarter Peter backers in August. So I'm going to be getting stuff for the next year from you guys from this Kickstarter. Absolutely. <laughs> so, like, how 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 far ahead were you prepared? Like, at what point? Because I know, at what point were you like, okay, we're going to run out of ideas. We need to start getting more stuff up now and get that concept art done because they're going to surpass even what we we have uh, a fourth season. Oh, you had four seasons planned. Yeah. Okay, so this, this, we, this we had four seasons planned, and so not everything was concepted. But you know, we had the idea, the idea that we could do four seasons. You know, we knew that one uh, to the core dreadful game with its four teams and its eight MVPs is expandable. You know, we can we can go and add in another four teams, another uh, eight MVPs, which we did with season two. But then there are the kind of other ways that you can take it. I mean. Um, a street version, for instance, you know, um, kind of like street football, but for, right. you know, we, what that came about was, you know, this idea of an illegal version of Dreadball, you know, uh, Dreadball's <laughs> a corporation run thing, uh, it's, it's polished, it's glossy, you know, it's your, it's your NFL, it's your Premier League, um, of, of, of the co-prosperity fear. And, um, but that doesn't to say, it doesn't mean to say that the guys on the, the outer fringes of the universe, uh, don't want to get on the act as well. And whilst they might not have a dreadful license, they still play it anyway. Uh, their version is far more bloody. There's no ref. Um, you know, we we have uh, an idea for um, so prisoners, for instance, as a prison team, 
uh, with electric collars, um, so they can send them onto the pitch. And if the players, the convicts, don't perform uh, the way you want to, you can shock them. Um, and that allows us to create um, <laughs> some of the more um, dirty, some of the more um, less savoury kind of aliens and teams and things like that. You know, we can draw on a lot of, of different themes. Whereas season three, which was Ultimate, introduced the, the multi-hex creatures. You know, you've got the Devil Mech, you've got the, the Nameless Spawn, which are which are all very cool. Alpha Simeon, which is a bit left field. And you've got Giant Space Ape. Which was very fun to write background for. I'm looking um, at those right now. Now those it started off. <laughs> those it started off uh, with that team that looked more like the small, the non multiple hex team looked more like monkeys, but they had a lot of armor. And then it, it seemed yep. that you guys moved over to more of an idea of, of clones than from monkeys. Um, yeah, the, um, the the thing was it was it was all very fluid as we were going on. So um, the idea of a, a mischievous clone kind of army. Um, and you know, clone clone apish. I think I think what happened was when we when we were at the background, we said the monkeys concept art weren't quite monkey enough. So there was a little bit of well, that doesn't quite match up. So we just you know, um, we, we took the precaution of just of just coming back to clones. They are still apish. See, and, and uh, at the at the risk of brown nosing, I was watching that sort of on the on the Kickstarter too when you post it, and people are like, they're wearing so much armor, we can't really tell their apes and and you guys listen i mean that was one of that's one of the coolest things is you guys were sitting here watching it just as closely as we were saying okay that's cool well how about they are more clones then more they're more cl- i mean we said they were genetically engineered we'll make them more clones and everyone was like oh that makes sense now it's perfect uh it's wonderful how you guys listen and reacted to to the people going through the comments on on the kickstarter page while it was going on Absolutely. I mean, we we were on it every day. Um, uh, we would have you know little morning catch ups. We we go through the comments. You know, that is that when we talk about my role, that's that's part of my my job is reading all the comments and making sure that we're not upsetting anyone uh, in the things that we're doing, basically. So uh, for you know, because I was I was writing it, and I'm running it, and, and all that kind of stuff. It means that I can, as a small company, we can react. And you know, I can I can write something, and I can actually go and change bits if I need to to make sure that it's what people want. Uh, and ultimately, this you know, we we've always said that we are hobbyists as well, and we are, um, and, and we want to enjoy it with the community as much as the community wants to enjoy it with us. Well, I heck, you know, we as a man, we want it to be um, you know all of us, yeah. Uh, and that's really something that that I, I I try and make sure that we always get across in the way we, we talk to people and. Uh, and that kind of stuff. And it's interesting. That's actually how you and I wound up uh, actually getting in touch with one another. Someone had commented, I had commented on the comments page, and someone said, Dave Whitek, hey, wait, this, if he's on, that means we're going to hear it about this on Garage Gamer. And I had said, yes, we will. And then you contacted me and said, listen, if you want to, if you're going to do yeah. this, let's get together and do this. So you guys really <laughs> do pay attention because I was surprised when I got that message. I was like, are you kidding? That's awesome. But um, yeah. so, okay. We, we- we had no lives during during that <laughs> month. Um, I didn't. I didn't. I went. I went out for a celebratory drink after uh, the Kickstarter had finished. But it was the first time we'd gone out in in about four or five weeks. So uh, we, we literally sat there and read all the comments. And you know, when we knew an update, it was, yeah, exactly. When we knew an update, we were about to go through a stretch goal. You know, we were there till I think it was half past five. It was the latest I did in the morning. So. 
um, and then four hours later, we're wrapping. I think it was on the last day, actually, um, which was which was interesting. But, um, well, yeah. you got some loyal and rabid fans if you go through those comment threads, man, because stuff posted up, and they're like, "Where's our next thing? What what else can I buy? Take my money." Yeah, everyone likes to keep it. Everyone keeps us on our toes. I think that's that's one of the things where you know because we've demonstrated. I think that that we listen and we react. Uh, I think people aren't afraid. Um, the ones once they realise that they can talk to us, they aren't. Uh, afraid to talk to us and tell us, well, okay, you could be doing this, you know, can you do this? I'd really like it if you do this. Um, and then it just, it, it just allows us to live. It's, it's a fantastic relationship that we have with uh, our community, one that we keep trying to, uh, it's a community that we keep trying to grow, uh, and we are successfully growing all the time. Uh, and it's great to have the opportunity to talk to you know, uh, yourself on something like this. Um, because you know we get to talk to new people, and you know, you'll talk to you know, some of our people as well. And it, it's about being, you know, encompassing and you know, um, being being a whole. It's, you know, it shouldn't it shouldn't ever be segregated. And you know, there's us in the corner. We're not going to talk to you. And there's those in the corner. You know, we work closely with the guys from all the games, for instance. So we do a couple of events together. You know, we don't want to be, you know. Um, as in the corner, we want it to be to be everyone. It's a shared hobby. It's a shared community. No, absolutely. No, it's okay. So um, back to the game a little bit because I'm actually looking at the Kickstarter page just to make sure I'm just remembering all the different bits and pieces that came in here. You had mentioned the uh, the season three with the extreme with the multi hex models. Yeah. Now, for anyone who hasn't seen the board, the pitch is uh, they're uh, they're six you know six side they're hex shaped uh, uh, squares. How many, yep. how many hexes are the uh, hex-shaped squares? That makes no sense. <laughs> They're hexes. No, you should have. I'm an English teacher. I should know better than saying something that stupid. Um, but uh-huh. how many hexes are the multi-hex pieces? You've got the nameless spawn, which is my personal pick. Barricade, yeah. which is like the the giant guy on wheels. But how many hexes are those pieces? Uh, Jake is working on them being three hexes, and he's, he's still work getting his head around, around how it works. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna work on season two first, get the teams and the MVP balanced and written. Um, but in, in the background, in his mind, he, he's working on how the multi hexes work. You know, we are we are doing an ultimate board. Um, how that works and how that's shaped, but it, uh, we're not quite sure yet. But it will allow for multiplayer games, and it will fit the multi-hex creatures. But we were very conscious of you picking something, um, and we didn't want you not to be able to use it in a normal game of Dreadball. Um, so you know, something like the Nameless Spawn, it, like we say, is going to be about three hexes uh, in like a kind of like a triangle shape, I think is what they were thinking. But okay. some, there's some problem with that because you can't necessarily always get the face forward. So, you know, we've got to work on a, uh, solution that means that you can put them into dreadful without unbalancing it. Um, so we will, uh, we'll, we'll continue to work hard on that. And Jake's a very clever man. He's very good at what he's done. Um, Dreadball is a from from what we've heard from the feedback, um, we we get to hear really anything negative. So um, you know we know it's a fantastic game. We've played it ourselves, um, and from our open day and from feedback from the events and the community and all that kind of stuff that we've done, uh, particularly in the in the UK, because uh, it's, it's easier for us. Um, 
because you know, there's no planes or anything involved. Um, <laughs> that's, um, we, you know, we we know it's a game that people are going to enjoy playing. So we don't want to spoil it by by doing something silly like multi-hex creatures completely unbalance it and wipe out entire teams and you'd never ever take a team again. You know, right. So, but Jake did just you know, hundreds of games. Playtest Dreadball went through so many, so many different playtests and fine tuning and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah. Cool. So well, that was quite a long answer to a very to a short question. Three. <laughs> Let, well, let's talk about the let's talk about the game a little bit. Um, first of all, I thought it was funny. People were already asking how wide across the hexes are like from you know straight part to straight part so that they could start making their own pitches so they can start making their own teams and, and with the with the with the uh downloadable basic set of rules that you sent all of us from the kickstarter they want to start making their own pitches and making their own you know using their own proxy models and starting playing now um how how do you know how wide the that the, the each individual hex is yeah from from flat edge to flat edge they're 25 mil so they're tw- okay all right, so there you heard it, folks. Big Mike, you can start making your your own pitch at home now. <laughs> um, yeah, we've actually got um, uh, uh, thanks to the Kickstarter. Actually, we've actually got some clear plastic hex bases, um, which which are twenty five mil. They've got our little insert in them as well, so that any Mantic figure will fit into them. So yeah, I ordered up a ton of those extras too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, now let's 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 talk a little bit about the game. Now, the concept is really. Um, you know, you, you, you're a sports game and you think, you know, guys covered in dirt and sweat and grease and mud because most of these games, you know, these, these sports games are played out on a field and yours is clean. Yours is clean, futuristic. The board looks shiny. You know, you have a couple of different pitches you could, you had people could order. You had the basic pitch and you have this co-prosperity arena pitch, which is made of acrylic. So it's yeah. shiny and and pretty. It, it's a bit Tron esque, I would say, you yeah, know, in, in its shine. Um, and then you get these teams out on the pitch, and the game. Uh, I was reading the rules. Can you can you talk a little bit about the the basics of the game a little bit? Sure, um, absolutely. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right in, in terms of the pitch and the styling. You know, we were very conscious of. Um, you know, we we didn't want. You know, something that was a bit dark and grimy. We wanted something that was clean and, you know, shiny, uh, and, and futuristic, uh, which I think, you know, when you, when you look at that piece of cover art, I think that tells you everything you need to know about Dreadball, um, really. Um, I mean, you've got the, like you say, the Tron-esque lines, you know, you've got the, the lights shining through, uh, and then you've got the, the player with his glove, but his glove's not, um, necessarily a physical object. It's, um, yeah, it looks so like it's, it's an energy piece of equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, but then you've got the big orc on his back, um, barrel rolling in, you know, rolling into him, you know, trying to pull him over to the ground. So you know it's a fury escape as well. You can see it's fast because of the motion, but you can also tell it's, you know, it's a physical game. The orc kills people. Oh yeah, uh, I know, I know because I've I've had it happen to me several times. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the um, the game itself um, is. Um, <clears throat> Uh, where to start, basically. Okay, so it's 14 turns. Uh, you get seven turns each. Um, and you are aiming for the strike hexes. And what you'll see on the pitch are there are three colored areas either side. Right. Uh, there's three white and three red. So if you are the home team, you're aiming 
for your position, so the red team, the red strike hexes. And if you are the uh, visiting team, which will be, uh, you'll only ever play on things like, you know, you can see on the rush track that the two, the four, the six, the eight, they're all coloured red. So that's where you know which tone you play on. And you're also aiming for the home team's uh, strike zone. So oh, okay, interesting. So along the, the along the side of the board where they actually have the hexes with the turn markers, they're colored, so you actually know whose turn it is because that's the one you're aiming for. So it's constantly just keeping Absolutely. that straight. Absolutely. So the home team will always go first, um, and then they'll they'll only play on the first turn, the third turn, the fifth turn, what have you. So everything everything you need to, to play is on that on that on that board. So so for instance, if you are <clears throat> excuse me, uh, if you are Forge Fathers and you start um, and, and you are the home team, you'll start on the, the side of the pitch. Uh, yeah, the, on the white side of the pitch, uh, ahead of the uh, the green line, you know you're going to go across that to uh, try and score in the red zone. And what happens is the ball will fire in from the left, and you never reset play. So um, the ball, when you score, might re-enter play, uh, but you'll never reset your players. So um, it, it's very strategical in the way that you set up your players. Do you hold some back, for instance? So once the ball's in, you can send your strikers away. They can go pick the ball up. They can try and score. But then when the ball comes back in later, you need to make sure you've got someone back in your zone or someone who can get to the ball, lest your opposition comes back and picks it up. So That was one it, of the it, things I thought was really cool about You have six guys on the pitch, right? Yep. Yeah, and that's the thing I was telling people, but I go, you don't reset. It's not like when you score, you get back to the line, whether you're thinking football or fantasy type yeah. uh, other fantasy bowl games um, that ball just pops out you know what it reminded uh, my friend Christopher and I of which I thought was really funny he mentioned it and I was like oh my god yeah um, the old original Battlestar Galactica TV show they had a game that, oh, yeah. like where they'd run and they'd be throwing the ball in and the ball would just it would go in and then pop back right back out and they would keep playing and we never quite understood the game. And when I was explaining this to Christopher, he's like, oh, my God, it's like the Battlestar Galactica ge- ball uh, ball game. I'm like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, there are, you know, we had a lot of, um, you know, it looks like speedball. Uh, and I've never played speedball, so I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I heard it's out on uh, iOS, so I might have to download it. But there's a video game from, I think it's early 90s, maybe late 80s. Not right. Not sure. I'm sure someone will correct me, but um, there, there's a bit of that in there as well. So, yeah, absolutely. There's um, what people ask us our inspiration for it. I think, you know, you obviously have your big blood bowl is, is the juggernaut of the uh, of, of the genre. Um, uh, yeah, we played uh, sports games when we were younger uh, right. as well. Um, so, um, but then you've also got Tron, there's Speedball, there's, like you say, Battlestar Galactica, there are there are things that people will find that think, oh, it's kind of like that. I quite like that because it is like that. So, um, Well, it's cool know. to hit back on someone's memories of some old science fiction thing that they remember from a while back, you know, to get little memories of it. Um, you know, I think the scoring's really cool on this game in that you don't yeah. just keep telling your score. It's how much you're ahead by. Yeah, um, it's a differential system, um, and uh, its score counter goes up to seven. If you score uh, seven... Basically, if, if the score gets up to seven, the game ends. You've basically whitewashed your opponent uh, and probably made them cry a little bit as well. So, <laughs> so yeah, so the, the counter just starts at zero, and it's like a number line. It goes one to seven on my side and on your side. If I score one, I get one. I score two, it goes to two. If you score one, it moves back down to one. I'm just, it's, it's, like you said, it's the differential, which yep. is an interesting uh, scoring method. 
Now, the the, the turns work, uh, you have X amount of um, movements. It, oh, hold on, what is it? I'm, I'm blanking on the on the terminology. Everyone gets That's four. Okay. It's five. You get, uh, five action counters. Action yeah. counters. So you have, um, you'll have six players on the pitch, but you get five actions. And you'll be able to spend two actions on a single player. Um, so that action will allow that player to move. It will allow them to pick up the ball. Um, there are other actions that you can do, such as uh, try to steal the ball from the opposition. You can slam a player, push them back. You can throw the ball. You can catch the ball. Um, and there's a couple of other things you can do as well, um, you know, evading uh, other players. And what was quite cool about the uh, cool mechanic that Jake's actually put into it is the notion of free actions. So if you do something particularly well with a player, he will give you another action that won't cost you any counters. So with a player, for instance, a, say for instance you're on the attack, you've got two strikers, one's got the ball, um, and he might run up, pick up the ball, but he might do it well enough that he gets another free action. So with that free action, he's able to move, he's able to throw it to the striker. So what you'll start finding is that even though... Um, you have these action counters, you can perform more actions in a turn than what you might have if you roll particularly well. It rewards you for doing that. And you'll find it's all quite fluid. It all becomes, you know, it's fast plays. I mean, you can get the ball across the table pretty quickly if you roll, you know, if you roll well. Now, and speaking of that, I know you had a rule in there called doubling, where yep. if you get twice as many, now there's, there's three different types of actions. There's one where you just need a success on your dice to go. And then there's the contested one where you roll against your opponent. And if you get more than double or double or higher than his successes, you get bonuses. You get extra rewards for it. And that's kind of that's kind of a cool thing. You, you didn't just beat him. You, you you shined him on. You got him. You got him going. Absolutely, um, yeah, absolutely. doubling's uh, a great thing. I also uh, liked um, in the rules you have your movement, which is your basic. What is it? Uh, uh, rush is it? Mm-hmm, right. Yeah, the rush. And uh, you got your your basic movement, um, but then if you decide to, oh, does it dash? Go twice as fast. On a yeah, you can you can run, you can sprint, and then if you run out of movement, you can attempt a dash, which gives you an extra um, hex of movement, um, okay. and that gets progressively harder the more you try to dash. So you can keep going for it, but every time you roll the dice, you need an extra success on top of the number you got before. But um, I liked in the movement with. Running, you can move. It just it's you count up the tiles. I can move five tiles. It doesn't matter my facing. When you get to sprinting, every every facing counts as part of your move. You're you're going to move twice as fast, but you got to be a little more careful. You got to watch where you're moving around. Um, lots of interesting mechanics in the game that I was reading. I really liked it. Uh, yeah, there, there's 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 so much depth in there. And it's, it, once you, uh, you know, the dice mechanic that you use throughout the game is the same. You know, you'll find most your your players, and you've got three types of player. You've got uh, the striker, the jack, and the guard, um, and they'll have um, I've got to try to remember a speed stat, a strength stat, a skill stat, um, and and they'll allow you to perform different tests. And what you'll find is, say, for instance, a corporation jack will have a uh, all of his stats are fours. Um, and you might want to uh, throw the ball. Um, and so in the book, it will say it's a three-dice skill test, which means you get three dice. You're testing against his skill stat, and you need to beat the value, his, his stat value of, of four plus. 
um, and then in brackets it'll tell you how many successes you need or you brackets one brackets two um, and then if you like you say um, you score one success you're, you're able to say successfully throw the ball but if you um, if you roll two successes effectively you know two times one you're doubling it um, you, you get to see something else and with a throw you don't actually get to, to do anything else but with other actions you you would get to um, uh, do do other things you know you, you get to get that free action where you might be able to run maybe throw it again all that kind of stuff so there's a lot of depth into the mechanics it's, they're all relatively simple um, but it, it, it really opens up the types of play you know particularly with the differences between the teams and all the teams do play differently yeah so it makes it interesting and part of the cool part with the, what you were talking about the simplicity is uh, your modifiers aren't to your dice number, it's to your number of dice. Yeah. So yeah. if you get a plus one, it's add a die. So your numbers don't change. You're not sitting here figuring, okay, I got a plus one for this and a minus one for that. It's just adding and subtracting dice from your from the amount of dice you get to roll. And as with all of your games, with Kings of War, with Dwarf King's Hold, with uh, Pandora, um, it's a D6. There's no yep. fancy. There's no fancy. You know, dread ball. You know, dice with different things. I mean, it's it's all just it's all d sixes. All d sixes. That, that that yeah, and that was intentional. I mean, when we first started talking to uh, game designer about it, I think it was based on d ten. <laughs> it was the first time we changed back to a d six because you know everyone has everyone has a, a d six. You know, it's, exactly. Uh, it's everyone understands it. I think. Um, because you know we don't you know as as much as you know this will I think will appear to to veteran gamers and you know, hobbyists everywhere we also want to be able to bring in new people and so we're always very conscious of, of striking a balance between you know um, knowledgeable hobbyists say people that you know know how to use modern glue and a knife and mold lines and plastic glue and super glue and all that kind of stuff and then you know someone new to the to the hobby that doesn't necessarily have that understanding. Um, you know, so which is you know, dreadful. The, the figures, for instance, are in the most part they are single piece. Um, a couple of them are two piece. I think one of the orc is three piece because it's pretty big. He <laughs> <laughs> barely fits on the head. So, um, you know, but you... they're all push. They all push fit very very easily. So you can you can take them in the box. In ten minutes, you can get gaming. So um, we're very conscious of making sure that everyone can play, enjoy and play Dreadful, which is one of the reasons I'm safety six and the figures are and all that kind of stuff. So you said there's the three types of players. There's the striker, the, mm-hmm. the guard, and... And the jack. And the jack. Now, uh, now the guard, and I know it's the, certain players can only do certain things. I know only the striker can... Is it only the striker that can score, or is it the striker... It's, it's this, so we, uh, so basically the guard, uh, the guards cannot pick up the ball. Uh, yeah, he the can't guard, even pick up the ball. You can't throw it to him. Yeah. You can't do anything. No. He can't touch no. the ball. His job Not is to beat stop. everybody on the other team up. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's his sole job is to basically punch paths um, through the um, opposing lines. So you, so you get your strikers and your jacks through. Now, a striker uh, can't actually slam anyone. He can't actually hurt anyone unlike a guard. He's, he's not big enough, he's not tough enough, but he's fast, and he can pick up the ball and he can score. Now, then you also have the jack, and the jack can do both of those roles, but it can't do either of them, either of them as well. So a jack has a glove, it can pick up the ball, um, but when he's going to score, for instance, he'll be on a three-dice test. So, so 
the the striker on the other hand will get a three dice test plus a dice for being a striker plus a die rather being a right. striker. And similarly, the guard um, gets uh, an extra die for when he's slamming, and he also gets a run up, which which gives him extra momentum, so he can actually get more dice. So, um, so you've got your striker, your guard, and your the guy who's the jack of all trades, we could say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he he's your he's your all rounder, and no, not all teams have all players. So, uh, a corporation team and a fortress team have all three players. But a um, marauder team um, doesn't have uh, a striker, so um, it, they hit hard because all of their orcs are guards, and they can they, they have that. But their jacks are the only ones that can score, and their goblins, and they're not very good. Um, so they're not whereas, as good as at scoring, but everybody can hit on that team. Yep. Nice. Yeah, which makes them which makes them quite hard. They are everyone who picks the Marauders always does the same thing. They always try and just nail the opposing team and just put them um, just just kill the players. So that is your uh, bash team. If you if you like playing if you like playing Smash Mouth Ball yeah. or whatever team what it is, that's your team. Effectively, yeah. <laughs> Whereas something like uh, the Vermin, the Vermin don't have any jacks. So they are. Um, they get two guards, and then the rest of the team are all strikers. So they're very quick. They're going to be throwing the ball around. They're going to have a lot of shots, um, but they're not necessarily all going to be on target because of their uh, their stats don't necessarily allow their strikers to be as good as other strikers. So um, you know, and that that's something that you know it's, it's a way of creating variety in the teams. You know, we can change the stats, but we can also change the team composition. So something like the uh, the Judd one, which will be coming out in season two, the whole team of strikers. You know, they can't hurt anyone. So I imagine they're going to be like playing Barcelona in you know the Liga. They're going to be holding all the possession. <laughs> and uh, a team that looks like they look like greys. They look like the typical. Like, yeah. Okay. They look like your typical alien. Um. So what's the robot team all about? I've seen the we've seen the pictures of them. The robot team. The robot team are all jacks, but during the game they can transform into either the guard or the striker, which gives them a, a, a really cool uh, mechanic. And um, you know, we're, we're still tinkering with how it works. You know, um, do we allow you to change parts of the models? Do we just swap models over? Do we make them slightly smaller and include slightly more models on? So it will all depend on playtest and what works, uh, which will configure how the uh, unit boxes. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, to um, Quite how you know if you have to spend an action count and they transform and all that kind of stuff. You know, Roberto's been de- been designing um, actually how the how the robots transform, how the bits move. So he's actually got all sorts of like you know plates and cogs that allow them to fan out and become big and guards, or you know bits that condense and make them really sleek, so you know they can become strikers. So the robots are exciting one actually. Um, and then to, to do the MVP as well, Firewall, who is a, a keeper MVP. So he's a he's actually doesn't transform. He's a he's a prototype that has a uh, is a big big robot with a glove. Cool. cool. He he was fun to write. That was that was uh, you know part of the um, benefit of the kicks. Well, part you know one of the one of the things for us with the Kickstarter was we got to uh, put in a lot of our own ideas into it as well. So um, Firewall was a fun one to write. Now I know I've only got about ten minutes <laughs> left with you here, so I, I wanted just to. Bring up a couple of more quick things before uh, before we get going. Now, I saw the Rico Van Dien character, which that cracked me up. Rico's Roughnecks, played by Casper Van Dien. In case anybody missed the uh, 
the uh, the, the wonderful um, Star Troopers reference and his and his uniform. I'm looking at that, going, "Oh my gosh, these guys! Someone's having a laugh over in England there." But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it was um, it was a piece of we we've got uh, Dreadful.com, so uh, right. and we're very we're very keen to uh, put that website in as if it was portray uh, it as if it's all a real sport. Uh, and so we had uh, a guy called James Hewitt who um, who helped Jake on some of the development and, and playtesting and things like that. He he wrote some of the background for the website and he, he wrote a couple of stories that involved these characters, including Recam, uh, Rico. Um, and we had some some feedback that he should become a character, uh, and you know, Stu was was keen to, uh, to make him an MVP. So uh, we did. Um, yeah. And he worked with the concept artist, and we've got something a little, a little bit left field. I, I can imagine he's going to be painted gold and all shiny and stuff like that. So, <laughs> and the uh, dreadball.com website is a lot of fun too. Uh, you know, and folks, go ahead and check it out because it's, it's like NFL.com or any any sports. You know, they've got commentary lists of things from the from the the commentators. It's a you know updates on the teams. It's a fun it's a fun website. Absolutely, it's one we're going to keep updating as well. Um, you know, uh, James is going to be writing a couple more news stories for this week, um, and then we'll we'll add on all, all as as the teams become available and as the MVPs become available, we'll we'll constantly update them with uh, you know, new pictures of the models and new background. What we really want to do with Dreadball.com really is actually give it over to the community um, and and create um, almost a you know a worldwide Dreadball almost society it sounds a bit lame when you say it like that but you know create something that uh place for leagues and a place for forums and things like that up there yeah absolutely you know forums are something that are going uh like shortly uh if not already out by the time this goes out hopefully it's going to be this week um and then we're we're working on league software and um we're going to have a a list of backers as well to say thank you to those and uh, a list of retailers who help support us and who we'll be able to get the game from but also you know um, like you say we'll, we'll, have, we'll have that that, that league uh, software available we'll have events we, we really want to make this game a, a global a global thing um, you know throughout the states throughout Europe throughout the UK and wherever else we can get it as well um, and really um, create, a, like I say, a place for the community, hand it over to the community and support them by giving them new content and things like that. But essentially they can run it, help drive it, you know, if people are excited enough uh, by the game to, to want to do that. Uh, and we think they will be. We think they are. And, you know, we, we've got this space and we, we'd like to give it over to them. Excellent. Now, I wanted to... I wanted to- Quick mention, uh, the other season two team, not the female corporation. I know they're going to play a little different. You have this, the, the corporation, well, you know, the, the female team, but the Zor. Now, mm-hmm. the Zor obviously are one of the team, one of the, uh, armies you can play, um, in Warpath. Yep. And I actually was lucky enough to get Ronnie for about 15 minutes during, uh, Gen Con. And um, was talking to him about that, and I actually asked him because I told him I think my exact question was I think I said my son would kill me if I didn't ask about them because Harrison, my son, is interested in the insect team, and Ronnie had said he was actually going to be talking to Alessio that day about working on the Zor, and I had asked him you know what type of insect 
it was, and he said they hadn't decided yet. And I had yeah. said, you know, I think it would be great. My idea of it was a mantis, like the mantic mantis. And he laughed yeah. at that and said, that's a clever idea. And here I am looking at the Zor, and they look kind of like mantises. Now, I'm not saying I had anything to do with it. I'm just <laughs> I'm just letting you know that when I talk to my friends and when I'm talking on the show to the listeners, I'm taking credit for the inspiration. I'm <laughs> the guy who said, hey, let's do the mantis. Um, I, I've seen a I've seen a, a brief document uh, which actually has pictures of praying mantises. mantises. Yeah, I don't know if that's the word, but it, it does actually. Yeah, it actually has pictures of praying mantises in the in the document. So uh, yeah, I mean, um, I mean, they pr- they might someone 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 else might have thought of that ahead of me, but in my mind, I just I'm I'm taking credit for it. I might totally be off base. But I, you know, I know you guys listen to the community, and right after I said it, boom! A month later, it showed up, and so I was like, "Oh, hey, that you know." <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and, yeah. And, and it's and it's probably not, but I'm just letting you guys know. Uh, if you hear the show and you're like, "Hey, what's he talking about?" Yep, I I I thought of it first. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't want anything. I don't I don't need any compensation. Just just the knowledge of knowing that I helped. I'm 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 keen with that. I'm happy enough. I'll send you a Zorn team next year. <laughs> I've already got the complete set for all three teams. What are you talking about? Oh, boy. Uh, that was a great thing, by the way, on the Kickstarter. Once you had the, the basics up, if you were on the striker, you got – and d- clever marketing there. On the striker, every team that you added for Season 2 and Season 3, you get a couple of models. So you get to see them, you get to look at them, and then if you like them, you can go and get the team. Of course, then you had the completionist package where you could just say, no, screw it, I want the whole team. So people were clicking that like crazy. Yeah, we, the, the last day, uh, when you look at the um, fantastic facility that we have called uh, KickTrack, um, when you can see the number of backers relative to the amount, and you can see that a lot of people were adding on those completed deals because they just wanted one of everything. You know, it wasn't something that we'd anticipated uh, at all. And, you know, we, we were kind of thinking of how, you know, how do we do it? What's the, what's the simplest, simplest way? And so the completest package really were the, uh, the ideal way. You know, we had we had so many things going on that we had to be quite careful in the way that we uh, we put it out. But I, I think it works. Well, and that's uh, honestly that's what hooked me though. You gave me two of every every player, and I kept going. I we keep hitting all these goals, and I keep getting a third <laughs> of a team. I'm like, I don't want to get these and then think they're really cool and then have to wait to get them at the store. So click, yeah. click, click. So, but this is that's, just fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pleased, and um, you know the great thing about those extra figures, uh, if you haven't done it on the extra teams, is that there is a system called free agents in the rulebook. Which, uh, if you're playing in a league and you're playing against someone with more experience than you, who will, you know, his team will have more money, you'll be able to take MVPs or what have you. Uh, you can actually take uh, what's called free agents, which are models from different races that you can kind of fit into your team. Um, now, when dribbles released, it'll only be limited to the first. I think it's three races, I think. Um, might be four, I'm not sure. Um, but something like, you know, future editions that might well open up. And what we really wanted to do with season four and uh, Dreadwell Extreme is have a system where you can mix your teams. So if you wanted to have a Forge Father Corporation um, robot team, you know, mix, you can uh, because it's, you know, it's not official. It's, it's, it's an illegal system. Oh, that's right, because they're, they're, not sanctioned teams, so it's basically anybody you can get to play. 
Yeah, so if you wanted to use those figures as testers, paint testers, for instance, or paint them all different colors and see what schemes work and all that kind of stuff, you can actually put them all into one team at the end of it for when Extreme comes out and you have an Extreme team. Uh, and you might well you know, pick up one of the convicts or one of the uh, the cool uh, drug-fueled aliens that we've uh, we've actually got concepted for the, uh, for the play. Oh, gosh. I know. We had we had fun on that. We had fun on that one. That was, uh, that was a lot. <laughs> well, even cool. your season three teams, which is I mean, I'm, that's not coming till for almost a year. But I'm looking forward. You've got the the clone guys we talked about earlier. You've got the Asterians, which you said look rather elfish. You've got the, that sort of Vulcan look about them as well. We've heard you know right. stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, then you got the Terratons, which are these giant turtle-looking guys, which, as you said, teleport around the field. They're slow. Yeah. They have to be able to do something. And then yeah. you've got the Nameless, which are the ones I'm looking forward to because it's, <laughs> it's the, the, the Cthulhu uh, the Cthulhu team, the squid-tentacled, monstrous-looking yes. team. But, yeah. um, I mean, this is all exciting. And you, you really, I mean, and this has set you up. I mean, the 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 response, the, the bringing in that almost a million dollars, has really set it up where you, you, I mean, you went from a team where you had a season one kind of ready to go and you you got three down and, and, and you, you can start working on four. Absolutely. And even then season one wasn't complete. Uh, we were going to have to do the, the ref bot wasn't going to be in the box. There weren't going to be as many models in the box. And the ref bot was actually going to be metal as well, I think. So, um, you know, it, it, the Kickstarter has really influenced all aspects of, of the game, the way we do things, uh, and the way that we're going to do things moving forward, because I think people expect a, a certain quality from Mantic now. Um, you know, we are affordable, uh, um, but we also have to maintain quality, you know. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, but we, we, we said right from the start we were going to support this game with expansions and new miniatures, and it wasn't a game that was going to go away. It was not going to you know, be a, you know, just come out and then disappear again. You know, we, we didn't, we actively don't want to do that. We want to put a system that is compelling, where the background's engrossing, it's got cool characters. You know, things like the Terratons and Dozer and, and the Praetorian, actually, are all things that I really like. Yeah. Uh, because of the of the background and all that kind of stuff, then the game is good, and then the, the models are good. But you know, it's not going to go anywhere. You can go. I hope you know we uh, we're working hard so that if you go to a store next year, the year after, in ten years' time, you'll be like, ah, oh, you know, we play Dreadball, so, um, and, and there'll be this whole range to support it. Um, that that will just you know mean you can keep playing, keep growing, play different teams. Uh, and just keep enjoying it because um, it, it's it's a phenomenal little game, um, and hopefully it'll become a phenomenal big game, uh, <laughs> which is which is the you know what we're working hard to do. So um, we uh, to have those first three seasons, to have season four planned and know what we kind of want to do with it. We've got we've got time to work on it, get some new art, uh, and, and present that in a in a way that is um, you know that it, it deserves. Um, as well as as well as the releases for next year, because of course we've also got the Kings of War releases next year as well. So, uh, we're busy, and uh, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll keep trying to um, trying to uh, well, we'll keep maintaining quality and getting better at everything that we do. Um, and and we we'll look forward to uh, getting getting Dreadful out in all of its different guises next year. Well, excellent. That is that is absolutely fantastic, uh, Chris. Uh, we have to wrap it up, actually, because it's about 10 after 6, and I have to leave for work in about five minutes. But, um, 
Ronnie's calling me into a meeting, so oh. uh, I also have to leave. <laughs> okay, you also have to leave. You've got to go to work too. So, listen, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to us. Uh, con- congratulations on the on the success of this again. And um, I will be talking to you guys in about well, probably in January once I've gotten. Once I've gotten my uh, my game uh, and get it out from under the tree, because I think that's where it's going, um, we'll get some games in and uh, we'll talk to you guys with, uh, and a little more in depth for the listeners about the actual game mechanics, so that people who maybe don't, didn't get in on the Kickstarter can hear about it and we can uh, we can let them know how much fun it is and get them in on the game too. Yep, definitely. All right, so. Look forward to speaking to you again soon. Excellent. Thanks for coming on the show, and we'll talk soon. And, folks, this wraps it up for another Garage Gamer, and uh, we'll be back with regular programming in about a week. And uh, Garage Gamer 6A, more Dreadball in a few months. So, thanks for listening. You've been listening to Garage Gamer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Gamer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at garagehammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through Chris U at garagehammer.net. And you can reach both of us through garagehammer at live.com. If you want to help support Garage Gamer, check the support page or the show store on our website, or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening. Right, let's do the yah now.